to another edition of Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie. I am your host and teacher. Today we'll be finishing up John chapter 18 as we see Jesus before Pilate. There are actually six separate times where Jesus is standing before and being questioned by someone in authority. Six different trials, if you will, and we don't get all of them. We do have the time where Jesus stood before Annas, the high priest kind of in power but not official, and we don't see that happening in the other Gospels. But the other Gospels do give us accounts where, for instance, Jesus goes before Herod or Jesus goes before the full Sanhedrin, and John kind of fills in the blanks of some of the things that the other Gospels don't tell us. Let's go ahead and read from John chapter 18, beginning in verse 28, and we'll go through the end of the chapter in verse 40. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. When last we saw Jesus standing before Annas, he was sent from Annas to Caiaphas, his son-in-law, who had been the high priest by order of Rome. Jesus stood before Caiaphas, and this is all in the middle of the night. And then Caiaphas sends Jesus to the full Sanhedrin, who stands in judgment of Jesus. After their pronouncement, they send him to Pilate because they needed Rome. They couldn't legally put Jesus to death. Rome forbid them to do that. They allowed the leaders in Jerusalem to carry out other forms of punishment according to their law, but capital punishment or execution was not one of them. So they needed Rome. They needed the governor, Pilate, 
to carry out the execution. And so they escorted Jesus over to Pilate, to the governor's house. Pilate was not normally there. He was normally stationed in what is Caesarea, uh, over on the coast of the Mediterranean. But he would go to Jerusalem during certain times of the year, during festival times, just to make sure that there wasn't going to be some sort of riots or people causing an insurrection, certainly at the Passover time, as the Jews were celebrating their liberation from Egypt, and now they found themselves being captives, if you will, of Rome, governed by Rome. They didn't have their freedom. The Passover would present a uniquely difficult time and cautious time for the Roman leaders, so they wanted to be in Jerusalem for the Passover. That's why Pilate was there. These religious leaders bring them to the governor's palace, and they don't go in, because if they go into a Gentile's home, then they would be declared unclean and wouldn't be able to participate in the Passover. Again, their hypocrisy is evident. Here they are involved in all of these illegal trials and wanting to put the Messiah to death, but they're concerned about their cleanliness, their ceremonial cleanliness. Come on, guys. Pilate comes out and asks them, what are the charges that you're bringing against this man? And actually, there are three charges that they accuse Jesus of. One is subverting the nation. One is opposing taxes to Caesar. These are both lies and claiming to be Christ. Of course, Jesus did claim to be the Christ. And of course, Christ, in a sense, is the king. He is the king of the kingdom of God. That charge is a correct charge, but it's also a deceiving charge. They want that to be confusing to Pilate because they want Pilate to think that that was somehow a threat to Rome, even though it really wasn't. Their response to Pilate when he asks about the charges is, if he were not a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law, verse 31, And they object, we have no right to execute anyone. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die, verse 32. And that's interesting. There was um, something unique about the way that Jesus had to die. It was to fulfill, his way of death was to fulfill different Old Testament prophecies. One had to deal with there would be no broken bones, The Jews, when they put people to death, it was by stoning, and that would certainly lead to broken bones. These weren't little rocks that they were hurling from a distance. These were bigger stones that they would use to smash people close up. That's how a stoning would take place. Secondly, it was also to fulfill the idea that both Gentiles and Jews were both guilty in the putting to death of the Messiah, of Jesus. They were both guilty of that. Thirdly was the idea that, again, from Old Testament prophecies and from the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus back in chapter 3, that the Son of Man would be lifted up like the snake in the desert that was accomplished in a crucifixion. All of that was to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die So Pilate goes back inside to the palace, and he summoned Jesus, and he asks him, are you the king of the Jews? And of course, he'd been prepped. 
Jesus understands this. Is this your own idea, or did others talk to you about me? He understood that Pilate wouldn't have really any objection to judging Jesus or putting Jesus to death. Pilate takes offense about this. Am I a Jew? I don't care about Jewish stuff. What are you talking about? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. And that would have been perhaps difficult for Jesus to hear, that his own people had rejected him. Of course, that goes back to chapter 1 in the Gospel of John, where it talks about he went to his own and his own received him not. It had to be painful for Jesus, for the Jewish nation to reject him in that way. He came to be crucified. He came to pay the penalty for sin. Pilate then asks him, what is it you have done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. He explains that, yes, he is a king. He admits to that. But it's a different kind of kingdom. It's it's not a kingdom that would provide any kind of threat to Rome in any way. But Pilate seizes on that. He says, you are a king then? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate understands that Jesus is not a threat to Rome. He's not a threat to Pilate in any way. But Again, he hears what Jesus says, and he asks in verse 38, what is truth? Is that kind of a whimsical, oh, what is truth? Nobody knows, and philosophical kind of a thing, or is it said in anger? Is it sent? Is it said in disgust? We really don't know that, but the result is that he doesn't stick around for the answer to that question of what is truth. And he goes out to the Jews gathered there, He says, I find no basis for a charge against him. Not only is he not interested in the truth, he's not interested in justice really either. So he comes up with this plan. It is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews or do you want me to release this other criminal, this Barabbas? And we have a little bit more detail in the other Gospels about Barabbas. He is guilty of murder and insurrection. Barabbas really is a threat to Rome. But the leaders had gotten to the crowd and worked them up to reject Jesus and to say, no, we want Barabbas, we want Barabbas. And instead, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Again, that's in the other Gospels. We're left here at the ending of this chapter, still on the cusp of what's going to happen to Jesus. And of course, as soon as chapter 19 begins, it gets really bad for Jesus in terms of what he would suffer. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. In the meantime, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for these words as we get a at least a glimpse into what went into the judging of Jesus, this, these false trials and these false accusations against Jesus. And Jesus willingly stood there and took it, and knowing that he was going to the cross, knowing that he was going to pay the penalty for our sin, did not in any real way try to defend himself or try to get out of it in any way. He just took it 
and he took it for our on our behalf. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you that Jesus willingly gave himself in this way for us, taking upon himself what we deserve so that we can be forgiven of our sin and to know you, the creator of the world, the creator of our hearts, we can be forgiven and brought into your family because Jesus was willing to go through what we're now reading here in the Gospel of John. So, Lord, thank you. All we can do is surrender our lives to you as a way to say thank you for what you have done for us. To say, as Jesus did, Lord, your will, not mine, be done. May my life be lived in serving you because we love you and we praise you. In all of this, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, we thank you for listening on Daily in the Word with us as we are making our way through the Gospel of John, and we look forward to getting through these next few chapters. We see the end in sight now. We see to the point in John chapter 19 where Jesus will be crucified and buried and And the resurrection, we know the resurrection is around the corner, and we are thankful for that. So we will endure the hard stuff of the trials and the beatings and the crucifixion, the burial, because we know that Sunday's coming, and we are thrilled that we know the end of the story. So we'll see you again next time. We look forward to it. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a great day. Take care.